0: Words, my mouth, and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I was born around 1181 in a small hillside village of Assisi, overlooking the Umbrian Valley, about 100 miles north of Rome. My father was Pietro de Bernardoni, a fine cloth merchant who catered to all of the courts of Europe and very impressive, sold silks, all kinds of things. And there in France, in the court, he met a woman of royalty, and her name was Pica. He married her, brought her back to Assisi, and I was the firstborn of seven children that they had. When I was born, Pietro was out doing business in courts, and uh, my mother took me to the church and had me baptized. Giovanni de Bernardoni. When my father came home, he said, No, he must be called Francis. Francis was a nickname, it was like Frenchie, that was in honor of my mother's homeland. So I grew up Frenchie or Francis. And it was a happy childhood. My father would come home and he'd tell me stories about knights and Doing chivalry and all kinds of things like that. And then I would go out and organize the children in C.C. And we would enact the wars and so forth that my father taught about. My father taught me the songs that the troubadours sang in the courts. And I passed the songs on to the chil- other children. And so when we were early teens, the fellows, every evening, we'd put arms around each other. And we would walk the streets of Assisi and serenade everybody with songs of love. <clears throat> When I was in my late teens, we had the opportunity to actually go to battle. We dreamed of ourselves being knights someday. Well, We went to battle because Assisi was having a battle against Perugia, a neighboring uh, city on the other side of the Umbrian Valley. And we met in the field in the middle, and we lost. So they took us and put us in jail in Perugia. My father went over to bail me out. And I told him, Father, I can't go unless all of them go. I'm their leader. I can't go. So my father said, all right, I'll leave you here. And he left me in jail. Was there for a year. When I got out, I was very ill. They didn't think I would live. I didn't think I would live. Uh, Barely made it through the winter. And all that time, I had a chance to think and understand, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? How do I serve my creator? And as I lie there in the bed... The springtime came and the sun would go across the sky, and the warmth, the sunlight would reach my bed and move across my body, and I would feel energy from the sun. And I was so excited about the sun. What a beautiful part of creation. And I called it Brother Sun. I'm part of the family. I'm a part of creation too. And in the evening, the beautiful moon in the sky, the silver moon, I would say, Sister moon, good evening so glad to see you and then the birds would sing outside my window and I'd say my brothers my sister birds what a beautiful song you're singing so on all nature seemed beautiful life was beautiful and I had a part in it and we are to please God the creator with loving caring I thought my best way to do that as I got back to health and to fulfill a childhood dream was to be a knight a duke was raising an army to go up and fight against the Germans. And I thought, this, this is my way. I will go to make wrong, right a wrong. And therefore restore harmony to creation. Rather than the discord that is being there. Um, my father bought me a horse. Gave me the fanciest uniform you can ever imagine. No soldier went into battle with more beautiful clothes than I had and they had a big going away party for me in Assisi. I was there night going off to war. The next night in Sileto, a nearby town, I had a vision of some kind, it was a message, but it was clear to me, this is not the way to make right or wrong. I could not kill anybody. And so I went back, gave my uniform away, went back home, slipped in late at night. My father was embarrassed, but after a while, things got back to normal. And they have a big fall festival. And I was to be the king of the festival. That's the highest honor they could give to a male in Assisi. So I was back in good graces. Everything was happy. But I was spending time not only in my father's store where I worked, but also out in the fields, out at Assisi in the valley. There are a number of chapels. And I would go in the chapels and, and I would pray, trying to find God's guidance in what to do with my life. And <clears throat> I was at Portiuncula. There's a little chapel. There was a priest there. And he read from the scripture during the Mass. And the scripture was from Mark 10. And it's the story of the rich young ruler. And Jesus says, Go and sell everything you have and follow me. And if ever there was a rich young ruler, it's Francis de Bernardoni. I was rich. I was young. I was the king of the festival. I, Sell everything I have and began to think about this and began to realize what possessions do to us, they possess us. I have a priceless gold pendant my grandfather gave to me, and I hold precious, I wear it. And a burglar comes along and tries, or someone tries to rob me, rather, and steals it. And I won't give it to him, and so he kills me and takes it and then he's captured and then he's killed because he took that and killed, took my life. Two families devastated because I wanted to hold on so tight to a possession. Happy are the people who claim nothing for themselves for the whole world is theirs. I would let go some way. That evening was the festival and as we young men went singing our songs over the cobblestone streets and looking out over the valley I stayed behind at one point and was standing and the, looking and there was a full moon. And one of my friends came up behind me. slipped, and He came back looking for me, wondering what had happened to me. And he whispered in my ear, he said, what are you doing, Frenchie? Thinking about your honeymoon? And I said, yes. I am going to, the woman I'm going to court is far fairer Than any you have ever known. Lady Poverty. I would make my commitment to Lady Poverty. Then one afternoon I was down at the little chapel San Damiano, which is at the foot of Assisi. And in that chapel, which was in disrepair, there was no priest there. But I was up and I bowed before the crucifix and I was doing my prayers. And I heard a voice. And it came from the crucifix. And it said, Francis, rebuild my church. And I looked around. And the church was in district. This is my... I am to rebuild the church. So I would do it. And I went back. My father wasn't home at the time. But I went back and uh, sold the horse that he'd given me. And, and, and took some other bolts of cloth that he that wouldn't sell. And I sold them to P. I I got the money for it to use to buy materials. To build, rebuild the church. And I thought, that's not the way to... I must do it by begging. So I went into the city in Assisi and begged, the richest boy in town, begging for stones. I'm going to rebuild San Damiano. People thought it was crazy. Then they reported that there was out on a on the road, just out of Assisi, some lepers were coming along. When lepers came along, they rang a bell so you could get out of the way of them. And everybody started turning turn and run as I did, but I stopped. And I went back and I went up to the leper and I hugged the leper and I kissed the leper. It was repugnant odor. It was a horrible, I could hardly bring myself to do it. But when I kissed him, it was the sweetest kiss I have ever experienced. I did it to the Christ. The divine was there. My father came back from his trip and found out that the village was laughing at me. And so he tried to tell me to straighten up and quit doing all that and to work in the store. I wouldn't do it. So he put me in the basement of the house, locked the door to the basement, a big thick door, and then had a slot under the door so food could be slipped to me. And I would stay there until I came to my senses and we quit trying to rebuild that chapel. He had to go away on another business trip. And when he went, he said to my mother, Don't let him out no matter what happens until I get back. Father was no sooner gone than I heard the click in the lock. Mom knew that I would probably never come back, but she wanted me to be free. So I went back to rebuilding San Damiano. When my father got home, he brought me before the court of Assisi, charged that I've taken his goods and his possessions, and so forth, and squandered them, and that I must obey what he says and come back and work and quit doing these foolish things I'm doing. Well, the court ruled that uh, I'm of age and I can make up my own mind. I was in my early twenties, and that, uh, but that what I did was wrong and taking his possessions to use, and I must give him back everything that I that I'd taken. I took all my clothes off, folded them, handed them to him, and said, I give you back everything I have. Heretofore I have always called Pietro de Bernardoni my father but from this moment on I shall address father only to my father in heaven Pietro went home and tell, to tell Pica they didn't have a son named Francis anymore I went out and took the dirtiest old rag I could find wrapped it around and tied it with a rope people could see I had no weapon I had no food I have no valuables nothing to be a threat to them and I went back to building the church. And I would go out and try to do good deeds and, and love people. I, I wanted people to know about God and, and the beautiful creation and how we're a part of it. I would go into Assisi and other villages, but I would stand there. Now, if you want to talk to people, which I did, I wanted to give them this message. But they won't listen to you. But I'll tell you a way to do it. Start talking to the birds and will listen to every word you say. Oh, Brother Bird, good morning. How beautiful you sound. Why are you singing today? Because that's the way God made you. And that's the way you praise God. Sister Flower, oh, how beautiful. You look so wonderful. Why? That's the way God made you. You're just praising your creator. And All the rest of you standing around here. What are you doing to praise God? What are you doing with what God has created you and the gifts God has given to you? You will praise God by loving and forgiving. I'd go into a home. I was real weary. I'd walked a long ways and they said, have a chair. And I would walk over to the chair, but before I'd sit down, I'd talk to the chair. The chair... I'm really tired. I hate to put all my weight on you, but I'm so tired, I'm going to. But I'll tell you this. You do this for me, and then the next time I see somebody who's weary and tired, I will give them rest. A strange thing happened. Some people began taking me seriously. Bernard, one of my friends, one of my troubadour friends, put on some old rags. And he joined me. And one of the priests of a chapel down in the valley, he he took off all of his fine robes and he put them on the altar, put on old rags. And the three of us, we finished building San Damiano. Then we worked on another chapel. And we went out to do whatever we think Jesus would do, to to love, to forgive, to help. We'd come across, there'd be a farmer working in the field, sowing, a poor farmer. We go up and say, We'll help you. We're here to help you. Oh, I can't pay. We don't take pay. Well, I, I don't have any food to give you. We don't take food except the scraps on t- your plates after you're through eating. Oh, I can't put you up anywhere. I have no. No, no. We sleep on the ground. Let us help you. And so we kneel down by him, sewing, digging, and I start telling him, in the form of that prayer that you know, that I wrote, that it would be, I tell them, you know, our task in life is to sow. And what we sow is, wherever there's hatred, we sow love. And where there's ever uh, injury, we sow pardon. Wherever there's doubt, faith, wherever there's despair, hope, wherever there's darkness, light. And our goal in life is not to be understood and consoled and loved It is to love and to console and to understand others. For it's in giving that we receive. And it's only when we die to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. We finish with our job, work with the farmer, and we leave. Sometimes, sometimes, we hear somebody running on the path behind us. And there's the farmer, in old rags. I want to join you and pretty soon, short time, there were 11 of us. So I wrote the rules for us, and we went to Rome. And there we presented ourselves to Pope Innocent III to make an official order of the church. We'd be known as the Poor Brothers, Poverello. History will tell you that if there had been any other pope of probably about a 600 year period, nothing would have happened for our movement. But Pope Innocent III was the pope that was reform-minded, that felt the church had lost its way. It was too involved in buildings and wealth and riches and had forgotten the poor and we were supposed to be like Jesus in the world. And Pope Innocent III loved me, put his arms around me and hugged me. He wanted me to be successful. Go, you are now an order of the church. You get a few more and come back and we'll make it official. We just started it out then. But you are of the church that voice rebuild my church wasn't dealing with the chapels it was dealing with the church that had lost its way and we will show the way we will go in love and compassion wherever we can and I I wrote all kinds of things I wrote hymns I wrote the canticle of the sun that you sang this morning, and you'll sing again in a few minutes. I wrote the prayer that we just mentioned. I even uh, made a, out of snow, made a holy family on Christmas because the brothers were so lonely. And I said, this is our holy family. And so every year they began doing, and that's the tradition of having the manger scene at Christmas time is credited to me. Yes, and I told them the main thing. When we go out, our goal is to preach the gospel, preach good news to people. And sometimes, only when it's absolutely necessary, we are to use words. But We are to go and to do. And we spread, we guard our numbers. Within a couple of years, there were 5,000 of us. We went throughout all Europe. We were there, loving, caring. One of my goals was to go to the Holy Land I wanted to walk where Jesus walked I wanted to be like Jesus and yet the crusades were on and there were Christians battling to take the Holy Land away from the Muslims and this was wrong violence begets violence there's got to be another way so I took a couple of my brothers with me by the way none of us there were some priests joined the movement but I was never ordained we were brothers, not priests. And uh, oh, I, one thing I forgot to tell you before I go to the Holy Land was that there was a girl, a young girl in Assisi named Claire, very wealthy family, and she wanted to join us. We couldn't do that, but well, she, she came, and anyway, her father forbid her out of the house. He wasn't going to have her get involved with us, and so we helped kidnap her and got her out. And took her to San Damiano, shaved her head, and she became Sister Claire. I wrote up the rules, and now we had a second order of the Franciscans, which was for women sisters of poor Claire. And by the way, and she and I loved each other. We wrote letters, and never physically, never close to each other, but always writing. And it's kind of appropriate that in your state, you have two cities named after us. San Francisco, Santa Clara, but they're not right next to each other, but they're in the same area. Then a, a, a husband and wife came. We want to be a part of the Franciscan movement. Make a place for us. So I wrote up a third order, and they are the orders for people who cannot leave their home, who cannot take the vows of chastity, chastity and poverty, but take obedience. And so there was the third order recognized by the church. But then I went to the Holy Land it was a long journey I got there and I walked right across the lines into the Muslim camp they said they'll kill you they'll kill you Don't. Do... I talked to the sheik sheik Akeem his name was Akeem and we don't, history doesn't tell what went on between us but there's a couple things you know one is Akeem said if the other Christians had come to the Holy Land as Francis did we would have peace then he also announced that Francis may visit any holy site of the Christians that is in Muslim land, free access that others did not have. And that carried on, and with that tradition, the Franciscans in the Roman Catholic Church will become the overseers of Christian properties in the Holy Land, clear into your own time. Well, I became ill from that old illness that I had back when I'd been in jail affected my body and I got some other disease when I was in the Middle East I had cataracts in my eyes I could hardly see I was only a little over 40 but I went back home been gone two years but what happened in those two years they started the Franciscans started buying property and started building monasteries they said you can't do this we're not we don't We poverty so I just left I wasn't going to be part of that, part of, a lot of them went with me. We just, uh, no longer leadership. We just wanted to be like Jesus. I wanted to go up on a hill and be in prayer. I was very weak. I wanted to be alone. I said, don't you disturb me no matter what. You may put food at this particular location once a day. And after a couple of days, and pretty soon the food wasn't being taken. So finally, they came in. And they found me lying on the ground. Like I was on a cross. And there were nail holes in my hands and my feet. The church's viewpoint is that this is an angel of the Lord had done this. This is called the stigmata. And I'm the first one they record in history of the Catholic Church being having the stigmata. Others have different theories of what happened. Some say, in your time, we'll say that a person's mind, I so concentrated on the suffering of Jesus... That they appeared. Mind over matter. In my foot. In my hands. Another theory is. That Francis that I. Had actually taken something. And poked into my hands. And my feet. So that I could suffer. The way Jesus suffered. Whichever way you think is so. It doesn't matter. I had And I knew I was dying. They took me back. To Assisi. Down to San Damiano. And. There they would do what they did in that time when cataracts got so bad you couldn't see. They took red hot iron and then they would touch it to the cataract to burn the cataract off the eyeball. And as they brought the red hot iron, I said, oh brother fire, be gentle with me. He wasn't. I was totally blind. I became weaker. And so they took, I wanted to die at Portiuncula that had been our headquarters that was the chapel where I first heard about the rich young ruler I wasn't yet 45 years old they put me on the stretcher and they carried me And all along the path people from the villages came out and they knelt the Pope would declare me as a saint within two years of my death and there at Portiancula Said, I take me out, take off all my clothes. I want to lie on Mother Earth while I welcome Brother Death. There is a legend legend says that all the birds in the Umbrian Valley gathered over Francis. And at the moment of death, they flew in spiral fashion as if escorting his soul to heaven. singing the words of Anna's